Hi, I'm Jimmy Alexander, and welcome to Out With Jimmy. It's the podcast where members of the LGBTQ community, they share their coming out stories with you. And you won't miss any episodes if you go to Apple Podcasts, click subscribe. And while you're there, it sure would help if you gave us five stars and wrote a nice review. So thank you in advance. You can follow us on social media at Out With Jimmy. And on Instagram, it's Out With Jimmy Alexander. This week, Taylor Luann Chandler is back. And let's start where she ended last week when she told us this. At first, I was outed as his girlfriend. Then I was outed as his cougar. On November 19th of 2014, on the cover of the National Enquirer, TMZ, and Radar Online, as Michael Phelps' girlfriend was born a man. Mm. And it turned my whole world upside down. Um, I worked as a sign language interpreter on the Hill, Mm. and I no longer was anonymous. I couldn't provide confidentiality to my deaf consumer Um, we had just lifted the embargo on Cuba. So there was media from all around the world and everybody wanted to know everything there was to know about my life. Luckily, I had two weeks prior to that story breaking. Um, The National Enquirer came to me and told me they were going to do the story with or without my cooperation. Mistakenly, I thought cooperating would make it better. Yes. Doesn't. Because it's still... A sensational story. Taylor, I should tell you, I had no idea. And you probably can tell I had no idea. What I know, you're the lady who I see online and I know does God's work for Capital Pride and Trans Pride. <laughs> That's what I knew about you. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I knew until right this second. So I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Because you're one of the innocent bystanders that, and I want you to think about this if you're listening, think about your life. Think about the thing that you would not want anybody to really know or things about your personal life now are on the cover of the National Enquirer and they're calling you saying, we're going to fuck your life up. We can either really fuck it up or you can help us and it won't be that bad. And you're thinking, like any of us would, I'm going to talk to them because it will make it better. And see, I grew up without internet, cell phones that took pictures. So all of my life, even... Because I dated lots of high-profile people. Um, that's I'm 5'8", blonde with big boobs. You know, it's always worked <laughs> <Yes>. to my <laughs> advantage. <laughs> oh, and, you're the best. And so it wasn't out of the ordinary for yeah. me to date someone like him. But I never had to live it. Yeah. You know, if something was in a paper, a magazine, or on the news, you forgot it as soon as you heard it. Now... Stuff is there forever. I do want to say this as a guy who's appreciated Michael Phelps' fine form in the Speedo. I've never respected many people as much as I ha- uh, you do you right now, Taylor. Um, how did he handle it afterwards? Um, you know, recently I realized that I had to take some responsibility for what happened in all this. And I realized that I owe him an apology because I... You know, I never felt like I owed anybody an explanation of my life. I still don't. But at the same time, there's this, I I couldn't fathom what it would be to be on the other side and not know something so monumental about the person you cared about. You know, once I found out that this was going forward, the National Enquirer, first thing I did was call my ex-husband. He knew. Um, I'd known him since childhood. He was my high school sweetheart. 
Um, we reconnected on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Love story, Cinderella, all that crap. Um, don't believe it, girls. So he flew back from overseas. We told his family. We told my stepdaughter. I started warning family what was coming. Um, I told girlfriends. I started slowly telling some people that I was still close to that I had dated before. And then I did a, a post on Facebook. And I told everything that had gone wrong in my life, whether it was a run-in with the law, what I did for a living, um, being married, all of it for the whole world to see because I didn't want them to take the power from me. Mm. But my little world on Facebook was nothing compared to what came thereafter. So with Michael, he was in rehab, his management people all the people surrounding him, because everybody wanted to protect him from me. When in reality, at the time, I felt like I needed protecting because he hadn't been honest with me either. So I ended up having to tell him in rehab. And that's horrible. I don't want to tell his story no, no, in any way, shape, or form. But I will say this. The reason him and I are not together has nothing to do with my gender any of this happening because some of the articles had already come out when he got on that plane to fly to rehab. And I said to him, whatever this is between us, is it ruined? And he said, absolutely not. Um, I'm just not going to be able to call for a little bit. Here's a different number. Here's a different email. I'm like, how many phones and emails could you possibly have? (laughs) Um, and that's how he left to go to rehab. So I thought we were together. Things were fine. That's why I protected him, stood by. Oh, you know, even to this day, it's still hard to think of all that transpired. And then, you know, from, and then to be outed that way, it made me really close to Caroline Cossie, Tula, mm-hmm. the famous um, transsexual that was in Playboy, the Bond films. She reached out to me. And became for your eyes only. By the way, yeah. I'm a Bond fan, and I know that I know that movie. She became like she always says, "Chin up, always." Mm-hmm. And I really needed to hear that a lot. And um, you know, it was it was crazy what all happened during that time. And you know, that's what's made a lot of people think they know me or judge me. I've written two books. Um, Vivid came calling. Flew me out to California, wined and dined me, literally. Respected my limitations, blah, blah, blah. I agreed to it. I signed a deal, a multi-film deal with Vivid to do a celebrity sex tape, which I shot right before Christmas 2014, but no one found out about that until January of the following year when I did Howard Stern. Mm -hmm. And um, I did Howard Stern, and then when I went to sleep that night, Vivid decided to release to the world while I was sleeping that I'd done the film. Mm. I hadn't told anybody. Mm. It was a firestorm. And then people questioned my motives. You know, they thought I was capitalizing off of him and all for the money. And none of those things are true. I couldn't work. You know, yeah. I'm I'm highly educated. I had credentials in interpreting and no one would touch me because I was plastered all over every tabloid magazine. You know, I've been in everything from Cosmo to Glamour to Time. 
every sports show you can fathom I've been on, I'm recognized wherever swimming in the Olympics has taken place. Did you ever get to hold one of the medals? I didn't. Son of a bitch. But I know Not where a... they were kept. <laughs> um, and they weren't out. Like, it was funny. Um, but see, when I was dating him, he was retired. Mm. He was not swimming. He was not in the public eye. Our life was so boring. We used to like, we'd, we'd watch sports. He gambles. He's a big gambler. Um, we'd, he bets on everything. We'd watch Jimmy Fallon YouTube videos, like the sing-offs, all the... How many couples right now are listening? And you're like, well, that sounds like us. We're just sitting home watching YouTube together. Back to the uh, Inquirer. Mm-hmm. When you spoke to whomever you spoke with, a writer probably, right? No. His name is Alan Butterfield. Mm-hmm. What you said to him in the article that came out, did they match? No. Not at all. What were the lies that you saw in the Inquirer? Well, the cover, they knew exactly what intersex was, what it meant. They knew what trans meant. Um, it's taken me time to be comfortable with the word trans, but they just... To say that Michael Phelps was dating someone that was born a man, first of all, my mother's poor uterus, Mm. that would have hurt. It's just not true. Yeah. And, but then. I can see why you thought, I'm going to be sharing the truth and I'll be able to make um, open eyes and and inform people the truth. And I didn't take a dime. And most people thought you probably got paid. Oh my God. To this day. I did not take a dime from the National Enquirer. Did people approach me with ungodly figures for all kinds of things? And I just didn't. And people wonder why Vivid then. Well, first of all, I was curious to know my worth. Mm-hmm. Second of all, being born in a body at war with itself. And then all of a sudden, at 41 years old, to have my womanhood challenged and everything I've known my whole entire life to be in question, I wanted to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt who and what I am. And I felt this need to show the world this is what he liked. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. I wasn't some circus freak. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was five, eight blonde with big boobs. Yeah. And when I was dating him, I was between a size four and a six and I was very fit and he loves thin fit, but he's a boob man. Mm-hmm. He loves boobs and I have plenty. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think the problem with that relationship is that because of who he is, because of how everything transpired, mm-hmm. it, frozen time in some like euphoric state that's not even based in reality. You know, there was never closure really on any of it. Um, the way things ended were horrible once he was out of rehab. Um, and then the next day I saw a picture of him and his now wife going to the movies. Mm-hmm. They're dating. And all of a sudden started the erasing of Taylor Lee and uh, Chandler. Yeah, And, you know, he's never publicly spoken about me and either way how long were you together four months what would you do if you saw him at the airport what would you say probably the most awkward high ever um 
as crazy as this sounds, and I don't want anybody to think I don't love my husband and I'm not happy, but I had something so special with him, and there's a part of me that still has an attachment to whatever that was. And because I didn't get closure. I understand. I I, I envision that moment crying. I envision that moment being very emotional um, and just wanting to know why. Yeah. And then, and part of that's the borderline. Um, You know, in sign language, the sign for it is come here, get away. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how it is. You bring people in, you push them away because you want them to fight for you. You, you give people ultimatums. It's extremes. If someone leaves you, that abandonment, the rejection oh. is overwhelming. And so here I am, rejected, abandoned by one of the most visible people in the entire world, the most decorated Olympian. And when he went to rehab, he was with me. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the man that we were making plans. We were going to do things. He was getting ready to meet my friends and we were going to have game night and all these things came crashing down. My whole world came crashing down. And to this day, there's people that don't even believe I knew him, let alone dated him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no concept of what they think I would have to gain by any of this in any way, shape, or form. And I understand abandonment. Um my parents divorced when I was four. I didn't see my dad again until I was twenty seven, then he died two weeks later. Because of course he would. And so I joked all the my well, I didn't joke I, all my life. I was like, it didn't bother me. You don't miss what you don't have. Right. But then as you get older and you realize, oh, my God, there's an ice cream scoop, part of my soul, part of my heart that's gone, that there's something wrong. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've realized, oh, well, now that's why I'm this way. I'm a pleaser. I, you know, I'm the, I'm a guy who will help you move. I'll help you. I'll drive you to the airport. No matter what time. Why? Because... I want everyone in my life to be okay. And, you know, and I know that about me when I've broken up with people or people broken up with me, it's devastating because it brings back all those memories you remember. And I would imagine for you, mom passing away, your dad, you living with your grandparents and dad's not there. And then you have to leave. I can't imagine what that brings up. I have the ultimate daddy issues. Um, And I love my dad. My dad loves me, but he didn't raise me. Yeah. I didn't grow up with him. He was a figure that people admired and looked up to because he was so famous being a jockey. Um, To me, the man I knew was horrible. He was an alcoholic. He did drugs. He was abusive um, verbally. The way he talked to everybody, including the horses, was horrible. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I didn't realize it as a child, but I always missed him. And I always felt I hated my half-brothers and sisters because they were in his life. Why did they get to live with him? And I had a much better life being raised by my grandparents, but he's still my dad. I understand that. And, you know, I think I've always been chasing that. And so I got all of my dad in the men that I went after. I think that's why Michael became what he was to me. Because like I said, he took me out of my head with everything I'd gone through to think this man loves me. Another athlete. Oh, my God. I mean, think about the ironic part about that. Your father's an athlete. 
And Michael's the ultimate athlete. He's so beautiful, and he's tall, and he's just everything I love in a man. Oh, I, I saw the Sports <laughs> Illustrated cover. I have so many questions, but I'm too much of a gentleman to ask. But, so, but now you're with the Secret Service agent, mm-hmm. which is, he's a hero, mm-hmm. willing to, now think about this, why you feel safe. You're with a man whose job it is to block a bullet if need be. That's not really his role, Secret okay. Service. But that is the the stereotypical thing we yes, hear about Secret Service absolutely. agents. If you had told me 10 years ago I'd be this happy, this in love, and he would be my husband, I'd have told you you are full of it. He's so different than anybody I've ever dated. He He's nothing like the men I've always been drawn to that, for the record, I'm not with, so they were bad. Yeah, You know, people always crack me up and they were like, oh, he was my soulmate. No, he wasn't. He was a piece of shit. That's why you stopped. That's why you didn't date him or you broke up. You know? He's a piece of shit. You know it. You're all your family and friends say it behind when your you back. When you think about the people that you once loved, something wasn't mm. right. That's why you're not with them. My husband loves me more than I love him, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've wanted that my whole life, and that might sound ridiculous to people listening, but I can love as much as I'm possible. I'm mm-hmm. allowed with my childhood, my upbringing, everything. I love him as much as I possibly can. But he loves me more. And he loves me in a way that I've never been loved before. Doesn't it feel and good? And I trust it. Doesn't it feel good? It does. I think about the stories that you have shared with me today. Tough. Hell and back you've gone through. But if you met a parent of somebody going through what you went through as a child, what advice would you give to parents? Let your child be them. Um, You know, we started off talking about gender norms. Um, There is no such thing. Um, If your child says, and I get so angry with people when they say, well, my my child says he wants to be Superman, so I'm going to let him go be Superman. Wanting to be a, a, a comic book character and who you are are so different. And to be compared that way pisses me off because it, it's not fair. Um, but we know who we are. Not once did I have to tell somebody who I, I knew who I was. When you try to make a child be something they're not or tell them there's something they're not or tell them there's something wrong with them or they need to be fixed, you are screwing up a child in every way, shape, and form. If it's a phase, so be it. They'll grow out of it. There's nothing you do in childhood that has irreversible repercussions. You know, even going before puberty on testosterone blockers or estrogen enhancers or any of that, all that can still be undone. And who doesn't know who they are at that point? By the time you're a teenager, you obviously know you're not Superman, but you know if you're a girl or a boy or neither or some version of, yeah. you know, you know these things. It's no longer a phase, but to make a child cut their hair shave their face, or do all these things is cruel, absolutely cruel. But when people say, this isn't what God wanted, or God doesn't make mistakes, 
Well, I could say the same thing to you about a cleft palate. Mm. I could say the same thing to you about cancer. So what? You don't get it treated? Uh, I want to ask you, what questions are you tired of answering? Um, there's a few. Um, the, the quick one is always like, what do you have between your legs? Mm. And I'm thinking, is there really anybody left that hasn't seen me naked? <laughs> Google. Um, <laughs> On a note to sell for later in the day. Okay, go ahead. Um, or does it feel the same? Mm. Well, how would I know? What does, it, what does that mean? How yes. would I know? Does it feel like a real vagina? Yeah. Mm. Well, my sick sense of humor wants to be like, well, a thousand men can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. No, well, yeah. And because that makes me look. But anyway, um, those are questions I hate. Um, the questions that I find funny and people trip over themselves and you kind of giggle. Yes. Usually when they know who I've dated, they want to know how big he is. Oh, did, did you think I was wondering that? <laughs> and he's blessed. And the thing that cracks me up is I, I never was a swim fan. I never really knew much about him in swimming. Yeah. And, but I did look prior to us physically meeting, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, he's going to be user-friendly. Oh, was I mistaken. Wow, good for him. You'd think someone like that would just be a lazy lover because why would they have to be a good one? But he's not. Oh. One of my favorite lines ever, and I was mad when I said it, but someone was saying something to me like, why would he have been with you or how is he? I was like, I am the breakfast of champions. <laughs> you do a lot of work for Capital Pride. I do. And Trans Pride, which is under the umbrella of Capital Pride. How much does that work mean to you? means everything. I also am part of We the People, which is May is all about trans. I sit on the board of Flux, which is AHF. Um, you know, um, I'm one of the... Um, national organizers for the Trans Visibility March that's happening in D.C. I think for me, once I was outed, I needed to do something with that. And so I started volunteering. And so um, I would scan tickets to events. I would fold T-shirts. To this day, I joke and say, I do whatever they tell me to mm -hmm. do. But now I've worked my way up and I'm part of the marketing team. I'm an executive producer with Trans Pride. But it's my chosen family now, too. And I don't regret who I am. I'm not ashamed of who I am. If I had things to do over again, would I do them different? Probably. But at the same time, a lot of the things I've done that people might look at and think, ooh, were empowering for me. And they would be empowering for somebody like me. And you weren't hurting anybody else. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hurt him. Yeah. The work that I get to do gives me opportunities a lot like this to tell my story, to be a cautionary tale, or for someone to be like, oh my God, I get that. I feel that way. Or to know when things are so bad and so you're desperate and you think it's going to end, I'm here to tell you, it gets better. It does. No matter how many times my life has hit bottom and being Borderline personality disorder, struggling with mental illness, it's a roller coaster ride, but it always has gotten better. By the grace of God, it has always gotten better. No matter what I've tried to do to sabotage it getting better, it's always gotten better. The one good thing that's come out of 
being a public person is that it forced me to be myself and learn who I was. I can no longer be a chameleon or adapt because people know everything about me. I have no way to hide or be something I'm not. Don't you like the person you are? I do. See, I think it'd be pretty damn hard not to like Taylor Luann Chandler. I want to thank her for her time and her honesty. And and speaking of honesty, um, I did get her to judge Michael uh, for his performance, not in the pool, but in a more private uh, situation. And if I was him, I'd be pretty damn pleased with her grade. You can see that video at Out With Jimmy on social media, plus the whole video of the interview, as all of them are, on Out With Jimmy on YouTube. A big thank you to Julia Ziegler for allowing us to record in WTOP's studios. And a big thank you to you for listening. Next week, we're going to find out who the man is behind social media's DC homo. That's because Jose Ramiro will be out with Jimmy. And remember, you'll never know when the last time you'll be able to tell someone you love them. So go ahead and do it.